Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today. Today, we are going to meditate on our guardian angels. Our holy guardian angels are given to each one of us to accompany us on the journey to help us, to guide us, to protect us, to advise us. And they will stand with us at the end in our judgment and they will intercede for us. They will be able to help us. So make sure that you're asking them for help on the journey. To know them a little better, let's dive into the scriptures and see what we learn about angels. We see an angel at the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve have fallen and when God sends them out into the world, he places an angel with a sword, kind of a swirling sword at the door of, of the uh, garden. But he's not a guardian angel for the people. He's more a protector of that particular garden. The first guardian angel we see in scripture is the angel of the Lord who is going to protect the Israelites from danger as they're in their exodus from Egypt. Exodus fourteen nineteen tells us the angel of God who had been leading Israel's camp, now moved and went around behind them. Angels are behind us. Isn't that comforting? They're around us. How many times does the word angel appear in Scripture? We see it 285 times in the King James Version, and 177 of those are in the New Testament. What are some of the characteristics that the Bible tells us about them? Well, first of all, an angel begins the story of Jesus when Gabriel comes to visit Mary with a message that the Almighty will cover her and she will conceive a child. And he's not a guardian angel. He's an archangel, Gabriel. We talked about him a few days ago in one of the episodes. And then Jesus' story ends with angels. Beautifully, we see an angel roll the stone back from Jesus' tomb, revealing an empty tomb at the resurrection on Matthew 28. And angels talk to Mary Madeline when she comes to the tomb to embalm the body of Jesus. We finally see Jesus ascending to heaven, surrounded by angels. And before he goes, he tells them that he will come again and he will be surrounded and that they will see angels coming up and down all around Jesus. What else does the scripture tell us about Jesus, about angels? They have certain characteristics. They're described as flying, for example, in Daniel 9.21 and Revelation 14.6. We know that seraphim have three pairs of wings from Isaiah 6 and cherubim, two pairs of wings from Ezekiel 1, 10. We know that they are great in power and might, greater than man, says 2 Peter 2, 11. And in Psalm 103, we also hear that they're very strong. And in Daniel 6, that they can shut a lion's mouth and they can destroy a whole army, says 2 Kings 19. Psalm 148 tells us, that God created them. And Job 38 tells us that God created them before man. We know that there was an epic battle, we hear about it in Revelation, where Michael and the dragon, they fought and Michael won. So they're also in the last book of the Bible. 
From 2 Samuel 14, 17, we hear they're intelligent. They know good from evil. They can see what happens on earth from 2 Samuel 14, 10 and from 1 Corinthians 4, 9. I feel like I'm saying so many numbers, but it's so important that we know the angels are all over the Bible. And then sometimes they can see, we can see them. Other times they're around us, but we don't see them. In Numbers 22 and in 2 Kings 6, we can find people that actually see them. Another important example is in Genesis 18 when Abraham sees three angels that come in human form and they actually eat with him. So angels can take on human form. Another angel appears to Abraham when he's about to kill Isaac and gives him a way out. We know from Luke 20 that they don't die and from Matthew 22 that they don't marry. But we also know from Matthew 24 that they are not omniscient or all-knowing like God is and that they are not omnipresent or everywhere at once from Daniel 10 10. So although they're part of God's creation they are in a world that is next to us intertwined with us and we can ask for their help. My very favorite part of the Psalms 91 on verse 11 says that the Lord has put angels in charge of us to guard us in all our ways for to his angel he has angels he has given command about us that they guard us in all our ways I find that so amazing Psalm 91 is a very important psalm that you can pray over your family over your dreams over your possessions because it's a psalm of protection in Exodus 23, 20, these says the Lord, see, I'm sending an angel before you to guard you on the way and bring you to the place I have prepared. So besides the angels that appear everywhere, there are very specific angels that are going to guard our way individually. And they're going to bring us to the place that God prepares for us, especially in the midst of COVID-19. We have to call on our angels. And he says, be attentive and heed the voice of the angel. Do not rebel against them if they talk to us and reveal things to us. Because God's authority resides in these angels. And if we heed the voice that they give us and carry out what they tell us, I will be an enemy to your enemies and a foe to your foes. My angel will go before you and bring you to all of these different tribes because we're in Exodus. And God will help defeat them. So in any problem that we have, angels are available to be our protectors, to be our guides. Psalm 34 says the angel of the Lord is encamped around those who revere him to rescue them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He's happy who seeks refuge in him. Besides the angels, the messengers, the great angels that fight the battles, each of us has a specific angel that is there to rescue us like we see in Acts 12:11 the Lord sent his angel and rescued me Besides the readings about angels that the church will give us throughout the day in the prayers of the morning the prayers at noon the evening prayers the mass readings for today are going to return to the book of Job and we've seen him in the last episode talking to his friends and trying to remain true to his conviction that God is his vindicator. Today, 
we are in the place where Job has demanded an explanation from God and asked that he come in person himself and God comes in the form of a storm cloud and Job is saying, give me an explanation. Why has this happened to me? And even though he doesn't get a direct answer, God takes him on sort of a tour of the universe to show him all of the things that are there. So the reading tells us, have you ever in your lifetime commanded the morning and shown the dawn its place? That's kind of, you know, almost like in the, um, in this sort of tour where he's traveling with God. Have you entered into the sources of the sea or walked about in the depths of the abyss? Have the gates of death been shown to you? Have you seen the gates of darkness? Have you comprehended the breath of the earth? So God takes him into all the complexities that are part of the universe and shows him that he takes care of all those things. So are you trying to understand the complexity of God? And Job doesn't really understand it. None of us could answer those questions in depth. Not even the scientists know everything about these questions. But although Job doesn't really learn why all the suffering happened, what he understands is that humility is a part of what God is trying to teach him. And that humility and trust in the Lord and fear of the Lord are the end results of all this suffering. And that is what happens to us when we fold ourselves into God's goodness and say, Lord, it's your will, not my will, which is what we hear Jesus saying. And, and the suffering that comes does never come in vain. God has glory and resurrection at the end of that. God has a wisdom that is much, much more complex than we could ever understand. But out of our difficulties like Job, we understand the trust in God's wisdom and with humility to ask him to take us through the difficulties into a place of rest. How perfect that the church gives us today Psalm 139 as part of the guardian angel meditation because these uh, psalm, which we've talked about recently as well, says in verse 24, guide me, Lord, along the everlasting way. In this path of being guided, God has given us angels. And as he knows us and probes us and knows where we sit and where we stand, doesn't leave us alone, but gives us a guide, a protector to come with us. My journeys and my rest, you scrutinize. And part of it is because these angels that are between us and heaven are constantly letting God know what our heart's desires are. Not that God would know them, but we have intercessors. And it, what would be the world without conversation, right? We can know what our children desire. I can look at my son and know exactly what he desires, but I want to have a conversation with it. I want to know the intricacies of their heart. And if I want to give him a surprise, I don't ask him directly. I go and ask someone that knows him really well, a friend, or one of the siblings and say, what do you think he would like? So this part of the universe that we live in that has conversation is the same thing for the heavenly realm. God loves to converse with us and he wants to hear our hearts and our desires and our dreams. And he's given us helpers so that we don't feel alone because that's one of the conditions of human beings. So angels walk with us and speak with us in our hearts because the Holy Spirit groans from within us and within that scheme the angels are also messengers that are available to speak to us through dreams we know they speak to joseph that way and i 
imagine that some of you might have even named your angels. I heard that that's a very beautiful tradition. So I've given my guardian angel a name. I invite you to do the same thing. So what does the psalm continue to say? One of my favorite parts of the Bible. Truly, you have formed my inmost being. You knit me in my mother's womb. I give you thanks that I am fearfully, wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. So wonderful we are that God gives us as a gift a guardian angel to help us and guard us in all of our ways. He brings a little piece of heaven that we have within us in our soul and then a companion for the rest of our lives. We see these angels working in the Acts of the Apostles with Paul and Peter. They come, they, they help them when they're imprisoned. They, they um, show up with Jesus in Gethsemane. We know that they attended to him when he was in the desert, when he was fasting and when he's tempted and angels come and, and tend to him. They are around us and they are here to help us. And Jesus says this again in the gospel for today. The gospel from Matthew 18, starting in verse 1, finds Jesus approached by the disciples and asking again, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? What does Jesus do? I love again that I have been watching The Chosen because Jesus has this whole episode of playing with the children and telling them stories and asking them questions. And you can just enter into this reading so beautifully and enter into Jesus's own childlike heart. So tells, telling them he called the child over, placed the child in their midst and said, Amen, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. To have that sense of awe and wonder and innocence, the ability to ask questions, to be truthful to our emotions, to be humble in our ways, to be joyful and, and enthusiastic, to fall down and start getting up again and not remain down because otherwise children would not learn anything. They wouldn't learn how to walk, how to ride a bike. We, we see children that keep trying and that's what God wants us to do. We fail in one sinful area in our life and maybe it's going to take a hundred times but how many times did we have to fall when we were children until we learn how to walk and we get so impatient with our own walk a spiritual walk what the, what else does jesus say whoever humbles himself like a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven a child doesn't mind asking many times how do you do that why does that happen why does that happen how do you do that until we learn but when we're older, we forget to do that and we get really proud and we want to know and we want to be right. And Jesus is inviting us to the humility of children. He goes further. Whoever receives one child such as this in my name receives me. That is amazing. That openness of heart, that kind of genuine interest in the littleness of things that a child many times will ask. Can you tie my shoe? Can you tell me about this? Can you peel my orange? Do we take the time? Are we patient? Do we receive them with that sense of generosity and magnanimity and patience? Do we do that? See that you do not despise one of these little ones. And here it is. Jesus himself says, I say to you, their angels in heaven always look upon the face of my heavenly father. You have an angel. I have an angel. And when we rem remain in that childlike wonder, when we remain on that childlike wonder, we have the seeds of wisdom 
because that is what a child will do so many times. We'll tell the truth so directly, so concisely, that if we are able to listen with humility, our hearts will be turned. So let us pray together that our, our hearts may be turned to God where the angels are looking, Father. We know that you are surrounded by them and in your gracious generosity, you've given angels to each one of us so that we can have their company and their assistance because there is a fight going on between powers, dominions, principalities, but you've already won. You've already defeated all the dark power and yet as it tries to conquer parts of the world or, or come to fight with us, Lord, we know that we're not alone, that two or more gather in your name means that you are amongst us and may you also leave us guardian angels to guard us, protect us and show us the way. And for that, we're grateful, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray that we may see like God sees. Amen. <music>